Alright lads, and welcome back to another episode of the Off The Line podcast with myself and Jamie. Hello all. And today, we're, we're going we're gonna to revert away from type. We're going we're gonna to talk about the bottom end of the Premier League table. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to talk about the state of the relegation battle at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an interesting one. Teams. Yeah, we, 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 we've picked out the bottom six. Um, as as the teams that are probably most likely to go down, we've decided to kind of cap it at Burnley and and cut Southampton out of the out of the conversation of the relegation battle because I think it, despite some poor results, I think it probably would still be unfair to consider them as as relegation fodder at this point in the season. Yeah, <laughs> but um, we, we we've we've named the bottom six teams as the teams most likely to go down. We're just gonna just gonna go over them, have a little natter about each of them and, and go over the way their seasons are gone and then at the end we might even do a little prediction if you're lucky we love a prediction we um, might even make a prediction but yeah as as i said in the sort of top four race video that that it changes all the time and just because some certain teams aren't in this video doesn't mean they won't be in two weeks time like you know yeah. we we were talking about the top four race two weeks ago and now Liverpool are eighth and Tottenham are sixth and it's like it's constantly changing so um yeah it, it's it's an unpredictable one but we're, we're just doing the best we can with the information we have at our disposal at the moment um and, and yeah, the sort of seasons we, that these these teams have had yeah we want to say at the moment you know with, with with considering the fact that we are doing this on a specific day we're going off the players that are injured right now as well we're going yeah. to go through injuries and stuff mm. so if you listen to this a week down the line, these players might have come back and have played a game. This is purely on the date that we're doing it. So we will yes. we'll, we'll, we'll crack on because uh, when we did the top four video, we, we, we started with the teams that we thought were most likely to finish in the top four and then kind of went on to the teams that are probably more in the scrap uh, for, for for the top four. So we'll, 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 we'll do the same here. We'll, we'll start off with the teams that me and Jamie have agreed are probably most likely to go down. Should and I do we'll, my smooth we'll transition? On. Are we ready? Yes. Jamie's gonna Jamie's gonna do a transition. We should be we should be on the Premier League table right now. Uh, we are we are. Yeah, on if the you're Premier listening, right now. <laughs> if you're listening on Spotify, uh, sorry, <laughs> you get the Premier League table up manually for yourself, and uh, you can you can join in with yep. the video that way. So we'll we'll start off with uh, the team. I think everyone in the country is agreed is is pretty much down at this point. Yeah. Um, Chrissy Wilder, Sheffield United. Yeah, it's an unfortunate story. This one, isn't it? A classic, a classic case of second season syndrome with with Sheffield United. Yeah. You know, they they came up last year and they surprised everyone with their with the way they played and the system that they played. And I think, um, I think with the lockdown, I think that was the the sort of death of Sheffield United. That the first lockdown, yeah. as soon as fans came out, um, I think the fans give that side a lot of impetus. And Bramwell Lane is a is a is a not a not nice place to go as a, as an away team. So I think that's why Sheffield United did so well last season with the quality of players that they have, and obviously injuries yep. this season have 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 plagued Sheffield United. Um, and and it, for a long time it was looking like they wouldn't reach uh, double figures in points, but they've, they've notched a couple of wins on their belt. So they ha- so they're not like the worst ever team to to ever play in the Premier League. Uh, have you got any comments about sort of Sheffield? I'll, I'll quickly look at their injury list as well because it, yeah, it makes they have, they have suffered. 
they have suffered injury wise this season. And uh, while I don't think that that is a valid reason for, for for their, I don't think that's the whole excuse for their performances this season. I think certain players that would have played well last year have failed to turn up this year. I think the recruitment yeah. in many ways was was done very poorly. I mm-hmm. think paying the amount of money they paid for Rian Brewster was a, was a was a really really big error. I think that money could have been far better invested in in a player that isn't young in English, which you know inevitably adds ten million pounds onto the onto the transfer budget mm-hmm. on the transfer fee anyway. But if you look at some of their injuries, you know Johnny Egan is currently injured, potentially not coming back until April. Sander Berg is another one. Chris Basham, Jackie Elka, Jack Robinson, Jack O'Connell. All and defenders Jack there. Most of those players are defenders. Yeah. Uh, and when you've they, got... They, they have suffered. No, go on. They have, they have suffered, definitely. Especially, I mean, the, the two names that jump out to me are Jack O'Connell and Sander Berg. Mm. Um, probably the two biggest... Uh, I think two Basham biggest as names well, to, for me, is, is, yeah, is a key I think Basham one. Basham as well. Um, yeah, yeah, Basham and Egan, I think, got... Uh, both got injured in the West Ham game and uh, have been ruled out for quite a while and, and they've got a very makeshift defence at the moment I think Kean Brian Ethan Ampadu and, and obviously Phil Jagielka but he's been he's been uh, he got sent off against whoever they played yeah. last year I, I can't remember um, but yeah it's, it makes for grim viewing for, for Sheffield United fans and, and with 14 points uh, and, uh, you know how many points off relegation are they you know, twelve points yeah. of relegation. It's, yeah. They need to start winning, and they need to start winning soon. And that leads us on nicely to the the sort of remainder of their season uh, and the fixtures they have to go. Uh, you know, you start off with Leicester away, uh, Leeds away, Arsenal, Wolves, Brighton. You know, these are these are games that they could get wins out of, but I just don't see it happening. Um, no, no, not at all. I don't think they've got I a think, particularly. Deadly run of fixtures towards the end, but I think it's too little, too late. Even if they do pick up a couple of wins now for for Sheffield United, yeah. I don't know how what you think about that. Um, I mean, the, the thing is, a mark of a team that's had a poor season and a, a mark of a team that is probably destined to go down is when you look at the remaining fixtures in their list, and they're they're against teams that are kind of mid-table, bottom half of mid-table, kind of sitting between 15th and 10th. You mentioned, you know, your Leeds and your Arsenals. Mm. Um, and you still don't think they're going to be able to get a result. I mean, I, I listened to the names that you just read out with Leicester, Leeds, Arsenal, Wolves. The only team I can picture them getting a result out against is Brighton. And even then, I think that's going to be a stretch. Mm. Um, the football this team is playing is, is, is generally championship level. They're lacking a lot going forward. Players, obviously, you you talk about their their, their big summer signing in Rian uh, Brewster, who's pretty much failed to impress in any kind of capacity this season. Yeah. Um, once again, it's, it, it seems to be another one of these young English strikers that's come up from the Championship and just doesn't seem to have the ability to to compete at this level. Yeah, he's not um, quite there. It is reminds it? me. No, it reminds me of of players like Dwight Gale, Andre Gray, who came up to this to this 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 level that, that the top teams play at and they're just not quite ready to to compete. Yeah. Um and obviously losing defensive defensive players is going to affect their season but to to have dropped off this significantly from their performances last year and to have dropped off this significantly from how they played last year. Mm. Um, 22 losses I, I, this season. Yeah, and I think it's also worth noting that 
Well, they, they've actually won more games than, than West Brom, the team above them. They've won one more game than West Brom, but they've also drawn seven less. Mm. And um, I think that is extremely significant because you look at the way Sheffield United were playing last season, they were a difficult team to beat. They were very resolute. They were very you know, structured and strong at the back. And this season, it seems as though if they're not winning games, they're quite comfortably losing them. Yeah, And um, it, it does become really worrying for the club performing this below standard in this in this league you do wonder you know if they do go down and, and end up back down the championship how able they're going to be to be able to bounce back up because you know especially with with the financial instability at the moment and the way clubs are being run and you know the lack of income because of ticket sales and everything like that they will mm. receive a parachute payment going down but if they don't bounce back up there is a danger of them becoming you know, kind of Huddersfield, Derby County, where a team's gone down and they don't have that ability to just return straight away. Yeah. So I think it is definitely worrying for, for Sheffield United. But yeah. I'll put a point on it no. that, you know, 10 games left and if they don't win seven of them, I think they've got absolutely no chance of staying up. And I think they need to sort of yeah. accept their fate. And uh, uh, But yeah, we'll move on to the team above them, West Bromwich Albion. Uh as you say, only won three games this season makes makes for very poor viewing. Um, and obviously, mm. a manager change midway through the season. A lot of people uh, sort of were against the manager move of getting rid of Slaven Bilic and 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 bringing in Sam Allardyce. But I think it's what West Brom needed to do at that point. They needed to throw caution to the wind, but it hasn't quite worked out for them, has it? Um, just still not looking like a, a team that can stay up at all you know four points above Sheffield United obviously and they still have a chance I think um, but you know it, it isn't over till it's over And but I don't see West Brom staying up no. I don't know what you think about this Sam No I, my issue with West Brom is that there is a severe lack of quality in their side um, you look at the players they've got Matthias Pereira started the season looking like a very good player and, and has since you know dropped off in his performances um, and overall, the team really doesn't look like they've got any kind of match winners in there. I think I think Slavin Bilic did an okay job at West Brom. I think keeping him on probably would have been a good idea. I don't think he would have done any worse than than Sam Allardyce has has come in and done. And I, I think this is when you get a manager like Sam Allardyce in, who's so experienced at saving teams like this and and fighting relegation and um, someone who has done this at countless amounts of clubs over the years it is glaringly obvious that this uh, uh, at West Brom isn't an issue of bad management I think it's just an issue of a, a squad that is below par and overall yeah. you know they're, 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 I mean I, I don't know I mean I, from what I know their injury list isn't overly extensive no um, but when your best sort of performing but, player is is a Chelsea Loney in Colleganga yeah. who I think has, has been a sort of shining light for West Brom this season although he is on loan, so he goes back to Chelsea next season. He doesn't even uh, go down with them if that happens. Uh, it, I just don't see a lot in West Brom. Obviously, at the start of the season, I was gutted when uh, Dean Garner got sold to to West Brom, but he's done absolutely nothing in the Premier League this season. Uh, mm. I, you know, I'm not saying you know that he can't because I still believe he's got a lot of talent. Um, but I think at the moment he's still a, a sort of championship level player, and that's what I would say about a lot of the West Brom 
uh, squad. Yeah. They're just not up to par, and you and you do look at the the, the the bottom two teams, and you say, you know, you're not really Premier League level, uh, and the, and it's showed that. Um, yeah. If it if they That's escape, the then it'll be absolutely miraculous. It'd be, be a miracle. But um, be a miracle. But you have to say if they escape. You look at the. I mean, who's going to come in in their place? You're going to end up with with Fulham and Brighton, or Fulham and Newcastle, or Newcastle and Brighton. I just can't see West Brom overtaking two teams here. Mm. I just can't. I just can't see it happening, especially yeah. with the fact that they're they're currently they're currently eight points off the pace. Um, Brighton, of course, have got a game in hand. We'll talk about we'll talk about the kind of the, the teams right teetering on the edge of the relegation zone because that gap has certainly closed in the in the last few weeks mm. with Fulham's recent performances, but. Yeah. I think these two teams at the bottom in West Brom and Sheffield United have, have been cut adrift. Yeah, let's, um, let's from the rest of the, the race. Take a quick look at their fixtures. Uh, you know they've got Chelsea in a few weeks, Leicester a few weeks after yeah. that, Aston Villa, Arsenal, Liverpool, West Ham. Uh, you know, in the last sort of ten games of their season, there's some there's some tricky ones there. And uh, yeah, well they're all they're all top half sides. Yeah. All the teams you've just named are all top half teams. So yeah. and. and uh, all top half teams that have the capability of inflicting not just a defeat but inflicting a heavy defeat if they if they turn up I think I, I think especially you look at especially Chelsea the way we're playing at the moment you look at um, West Ham Arsenal these are teams that have attacking capabilities and you look at West Brom's back line especially the players they brought in in the summer you look at I mean the, the transfer of an ageing Branislav Ivanovic to, to, to come in and try and shore up their defence just it just screams, but it is below par. Not enough, it's not. It? It's not. It's not. It's not the standard of a Premier League football club no. to bring in a player like that to, as a as a big defensive summer signing. The only player I I, I actually do rate out of out of West Brom's backline is Sammy Ajay. I yeah, think. he's a he's a very very underrated defender in in their side. Can. I think he is being let down by the players around him, and I think if they do go down, I think he is earn his way probably a move. To just to stay in the league, yeah, um, potentially, potentially to a team either coming up or you could you could mm. potentially see him signing for a Sam Johnston, a Southampton as well. As another player, that, Sam Johnston, yeah, who, who you could shout for that. But yeah, again, I think overall both of us are sort of saying that these two bottom teams are pretty much down and out at this point. However, a team that is not down and out at all and that is improving with every game, it seems like, is is Fulham. Yeah. Uh, with a recent win against Liverpool, uh, they just made them look silly, really. Um, yeah, and you know that that is sort of uh, an indictment of Liverpool at the moment. Um, but at the same time, it's an absolutely fantastic job that that Fulham have done this season, and I think it's a lot to do with the the surprising amount of sort of tactical nous that Scott Parker has. I think he's yeah. he's definitely he changed up the system halfway through the season. You know, got that five back in. That started stabilising the results a little bit, and now they've moved to a sort of four back where they're more confident in playing with each other. And I just think they've they've got a really good team spirit at the moment as well. And I wouldn't be surprised at all to see um, Fulham climb out of the relegation zone for the first time this season. It seems like you know, it seems like they've yeah. perpetually been there, and now they're level on yeah. points with Brighton. So we will see what happens yeah. with Fulham. It's it's an exciting one. Uh, we'll, we'll quickly just look at their. Injuries. They've only got two. Um, you know, it's and it's not like key first team players. You know, Tom no, Kearney no, is, 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 is a bit of a 
a blow but at the same time when you've only got two injuries it's what you need in 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 these sorts of areas yeah, of the season definitely um what do you think about fulham and sort of how they're going at the moment i mean two months ago we sat here and yeah. did a kind of uh, half season review mm. and uh, from what i can remember I sat here and said that I've never seen three teams so relegated yeah. at this point in the season. Fulham, West Brom and Sheffield United looked, I mean, if we're being completely honest, looked absolutely finished. Mm. And um, two of those teams have remained so and two of those teams have failed to to, to, to lift form and, and to perform. But uh, Scott Parker's found a system that works at Fulham in the last uh, month, month and a half. Yeah, utilizing utilizing you know the talents of of uh, Tossin Adarbio, uh, Alfonso Ari- yeah, Alfonso looked really good in goal. Bobby Decaldover Reed has been has been exceptional. Caballero and, um, and Lookman as well have also Caballero Lookman, and I've got to say from what I've seen of Loftus Cheek playing there as well, he's 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 looking he's looking a lot better. Yeah, um, in this system, so unlike. The teams below them, Fulham, have definitely got these players that have Premier League pedigree and have the ability to to perform in this league. Mm. And um, I think it's so important that they maintain this form now. Yeah, uh, going into the rest of the season, like you said, that they're, they're they're not lacking injury wise. Obviously, Marek Rodak is is injured at the moment for them, but he's second choice keeper behind Ariola and Tom Kearney probably doesn't get in the side anyway. They've got so, capable sort of replacements in that position. You know, you think of yeah. uh, Zambo and Gisa, who who is a player that I think is underrated in the league. Uh, you know, Loftus Cheek, Lamina. That there's all these players that have have played in the Premier League before, and I think can scrap for for survival here. Uh, and I think that's what yeah. Scott Parker's done really well. He's brought in the correct players. Uh, yeah. Because at the same time, you know, we say that these players have, you know, not. Premier League pedigree, but you also need a Premier League sort of state of mind, uh, yeah, definitely, uh, and a mentality that you know you, you want to stay in this league and and you need to have that team unity, and that's what I think Fulham uh, have got at the moment. And and you know let's let's quickly look at their next couple of fixtures. I mean they've got City, um, but you know they can turn up against big clubs, uh, and, and City obviously just off the back of a, a loss against Manchester United. Uh, yeah, obviously they won against Southampton last night, and then you look at, you know, they haven't got. It's a tricky run of form towards the end, but you know you've got you've got Burnley, Newcastle in there. Those are key battles for for Fulham that they need to get uh, three points out of desperately. Yeah, I think the, the, what I like about Fulham is that they've suddenly discovered form and they've discovered the fact that they have players capable at every facet of the pitch. Hmm. They're not they're not the kind of club in these relegation battles that have fantastic defenders or fantastic midfielders and then the rest of the team is average. You look at their back line, they've got Adobio, uh Joachim Anderson at the back, He's which are both quality. who are both fantastic both fantastic centre backs. Um Bobby Decaldover Reed is playing as a I'm not sure a kind of an inverted wing back. <laughs> it seems to be everywhere. Yeah. Uh they've got, like you said, Zambo and Gisa and, and Loftus Cheek in the middle, Mario Lamina as well. And then you look up front. They've they've got Lookman. They've got um, is it Enketia who went there? Uh, no. Who, who who signed on loan? Uh, I might have got that wrong. Someone signed on loan for Fulham um, in January. If I'm not mistaken about that, I might be. I think that uh, might but, be West um, Brom. I know West Brom got Ainsley Maitland Lyles, but um, that's what I'm thinking of. Ignore yeah. me, right? Don't worry. Joe Willock as well. Has I've, got I've, to Newcastle. I've, I've allowed my uh, I've allowed my um, I've allowed my 
my relegation brain to get ahead of me there. <laughs> I apologise, but no, my point still stands. They've got really good players in every in every area of the pitch. And, um, I'd like to see you hear about through, these. So. Yeah, you hear about these relegation survival stories, and you say they've got a tricky run of form, but you hear about these stories, and you you, you know these teams that have had to battle back and, and survive. They always they always end up beating these teams. Yeah. You know, if you're going to stay up in this league, you have to be able to get results against against the bigger teams. And I think Fulham, out of the three teams at the bottom, look the most likely to uh, to to get those results and, and escape that relegation zone. Yeah. Anyway, we'll move on to the team. Just millimeters, Jamie. Millimeters, Just millimeters above them. Uh, three goals yeah. on goal difference separating Fulham and Brighton. Yeah. Um, Brighton the, team, hand, Brighton the team, yeah, Brighton the team whose praises I've sung for a lot of this season, and uh, yeah. unfortunately, I don't appear to have done them any good by by complimenting the way they're playing. Brighton are such um, a strange team, aren't they? They're, they they're are. so difficult to pin down. I think Brighton, you, you you watch them and they say, oh, you know, they don't, they don't play bad football at all, but they just don't score enough. They're nowhere no. near clinical enough, um, and whether that's to do with the the, the personnel that they have I think Graham Potter's a good manager but I think you've got to look at their league position and say come on like they're 17th in the league they've only won 5 games all season they've only scored 27 goals at what point do you sort of go you know are Brighton that good is Graham, Pro- is Graham Potter that good you know they've lost their last 3 they've got Southampton next who, who, who are in shocking form so they'll need to pick up um, results here it's it's been the same case for Brighton for the entire season, looking good and and not doing anything with that. You know they've lost their last three, uh, one of them to to West Brom, who who have only before Brighton lost lost against them. They they only won two games all season, so yeah, it is it is good viewing for Brighton fans. I think if we quickly look at their injuries, I don't know whether they've got some people like yeah, I mean that doesn't help. Uh, Adam Webster, Aaron Connolly, um, Solly March, Tariq Lamptey, all out, all key players there, I think, as well. Um, yep. Especially players like Tariq Lamptey, who's crucial to that system. And I think Solly March, as well, is, is just as important to to the way that Graham Potter wants yep. to play. Um, what do you think about Brighton? Because I know, obviously, you sung their praises. and is it... I, I, To be honest, at the start of the season, and uh, there, was a lot, there was a lot of jokes made about my... My appreciation for Tariq Lamptey as a, as a Chelsea Academy graduate, yeah, um, someone that I actually probably hoped we we'd kept hold of, yeah, um, this season, and and probably would have really suited the system that Thomas Tuchel's playing at the moment. Um, but ultimately, you can I can sing their praises and say that they played fantastic football all season, and that it's attractive and it's really refreshing to see a team down in the doldrums of the, the Premier League in the in the dogfight for relegation playing attractive football because it, it, you don't get it very often you look at um, Sam Allardyce at, at West Brom Chris Wilder you know Steve Bruce at Newcastle it's very kind of relegation scrapping yeah, um, defensive football whereas Brighton tend to, to go for it a bit more and you look at players like Adam Connolly and, and Neil Mopay and, and the players that they have they do definitely have the ability mm. to, um, to play better football but at the end of the day that only counts for so much and at some point you've got to actually start winning games yeah Brighton um, used to come played... to, come to games and shock teams you know yeah. uh, and I feel like they don't have that this season at all I don't know whether it's the loss of certain you know people in that side you know they 
They've lost the likes of Aaron Moy and they've brought in Adam Lallana, who's been stuck to an injury bench, and Danny Welbeck, who hasn't been fantastic, let's face things. Um, yeah. You know, it's difficult for, for Brighton. And I think, you know, you look at their, their run as well. It, it does, it makes for grim viewing. Uh, you know, you, you just got to look at the likes of United, Everton, Chelsea, all three in a row there. Um, and then at the end of the season, playing against West Ham, City and Arsenal as their last three games. It, I don't know, Sam, could could this be an outside shout for... I mean, it's not an outside shout because they're, they're in the battle, but could we see Brighton going down to the Championship this season? It's a very... It, it's actually... I mean, it reminds me of the, the, the relegation scrap that was going on last season. You know, you look at the teams that are down there, who were down there last year, you had Watford, you know, Bournemouth, Fulham. West Ham. Uh, not Aston Villa. Aston Villa, West Ham. The, the, the kind of teams that were in that, um, and I've, I've got to say with Bournemouth going down and Watford, they were two teams that I didn't expect to end up down mm. at the end of the season, especially yeah. especially Watford. Um, and you look at the difference in form between Brighton and Fulham. Fulham looked like a team resurgent and looked like a team that at the moment Quite no one would want to go and play. Yeah, No one wants to go and play Fulham because yeah. they're playing like a team desperate for survival. Mm. Brighton, unfortunately, are missing a few key players. They look lacklustre. Um, they're not completely bereft of talent. You know, you, the players that they've got, they've obviously, um, they've got Lewis Dunk, who I'm very, Huge I'm very fan fond of. Dunk. And, yeah, I think we all yeah, are. Yeah, I'm very fond of. Friend and, of the uh, channel. Uh, I think, yeah, really good friend of the channel. <laughs> um, and uh, I, I've got to say, I think I think Eve Spasuma as well is yeah. a player that I'm, I'm, I'm very, 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 Massive fan of of the way he plays football. Yeah, um, XG overall, merchants, though, aren't they? Yeah, you know, they're, overall, they're, they're, their XG has been absolutely astronomical this season. They've, they've been expected to score about ten more goals than they've actually scored. You know, you just yeah. look at the Crystal Palace game the other week. Uh, you know, having uh, and you know, XG is obviously not the be all and end all. But me as a football manager player, I'm looking at this statistically um yeah and and you know when brighton have this higher of an xg and don't take their chances that's that's what gets you into these positions and it needs to turn around for the for the seagulls otherwise they could be facing a relegation uh should we move on to yes the north um the very north yeah the very north, very of, the, north. of the, the last, league table the last the last two teams we're going to talk about sit very much in the north of England. Yeah, I'll let you take um, point on uh, yeah. Newcastle first. Now, <laughs> <laughs> no, what, what, what I will say first is that Newcastle are a side that have a very, very, in my eyes, a pretty decent squad and not a squad that deserves to go down no, in any way, shape or form. <clears throat> now, you look at their injury list and I'll start off with their injury list because I think this is out of the four teams the team that has struggled with injuries most this season. Um, obviously, they brought Callum Wilson in the summer. When he's played, he's looked pretty decent for them and, and has looked like a massive goal threat. Again, he's out for a month at the moment. He's, he's he's kind of bounced in and out of that side because of injury. He's probably out until the start of April. Alan St. Maximan again is another one that's 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 massively bounced in and out of that side and um, struggled with a groin injury. He's probably not out back until the start of April. Miguel Almiron is, yeah. is injured at the moment. Probably not back until the start of April. That's their starting Fabian attack, Char, isn't it? That, those and three. Fabian Shah. <laughs> yeah, and Fabian Shah's got a severe knee injury at the moment and, and probably unlikely to play 
at all for the rest of the season. Yeah. So those four players are absolutely essential mm. to Newcastle's starting eleven. This is not these are not kind of players that are on the cusp of coming in, going out. These are players that absolutely, if they're fit, start every single game and are probably the biggest goal threats in the three of them for Newcastle going forward. Yeah. Um, I do think Newcastle have been... Um, poorly managed. Mani- managed and owned poorly. Yeah. I think uh, there's, there's absolutely no secrets that, that Mike Ashley's a bit of a dodgy football owner. You know, we... we, we <laughs> There's, I think I don't think anyone that watches Premier League Welcome is under any illusions. Welcome to off the line understatements. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think there's anyone in, in Premier League football or who, who even watches football who's under any illusions that Mike Ashley is a is a is a very 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 poor owner yeah. of that club. Yeah. Um, everything's got Sports Direct branding on it. Yeah. Um, even the stadium. It's, it's, it's just it's just very very you know he renamed St James's Park the Sports Direct Arena. Everything he's done. But that club has been in the name of, of, of making money and probably not in the best interests of the club. Newcastle are a club that kind of substituted a positive football mindset when they when they let Rafa Benitez go and yeah. change things for Steve Bruce. And they, they probably have consigned themselves to this level of football yeah. and have accepted that this is going to be their level now. Yeah. I think Mike Ashley has done that. In letting Rafa Benitez go and not giving him the transfer budget that he very well could have given him, mm. which has become clear because he's given Steve Bruce a transfer kitty to spend and yeah. um, refused to give that to Rafa Benitez. I think Mike Ashley is very happy for Newcastle United Football Club to sit at this level and just continue to churn out that money to stay in the Premier League, to continue to churn out Premier League money, than to take a risk and potentially try and push on higher up the table potentially trying to spend more on transfers it it is very poorly run it's a very negative mindset that that club has had for the last couple of seasons and it's it's really starting to show in their performances yeah. they've been lacklustre for a lot of this season um, you know they've lost games that they really shouldn't have lost they went on a period where they they looked completely bereft of any kind of drive or footballing ambition at all Yeah, it was just lump it long and it was really really poor but what I will say is that there have been moments in this season where Newcastle United Football Club have looked like a club that could quite easily, if managed correctly and if given the opportunity, with the right players and the right transfer budget and the right owner, that could genuinely finish top half, potentially heading into, potentially edging up towards the European spots. And I don't say that lightly. You know, you look at the ability of players like Almiron, St. Maximin, Callum Wilson... Mm. John Joe Shelby, even I, I think, has been has been pretty decent for them this year. They've got Jamal Lewis at the back. They've got Martin Dubravka, Jamal Lascelles. Yeah. Um, the, these are not players that should be going down. These are not players that should be involved in a relegation battle. Yeah. You know, you look at the results this season. They beat they beat Everton away. Huge win. They've was. got results against. They've got results against. You know, I, I believe they have got results against Manchester United. They've pushed us. Um, They've they've pushed the top teams in in many different games to to, to to potentially get points, get three points. They've they have shown in glimpses this season the ability that their football team has, and the the the, the players that they have and the level that they can capably play at mm. if the club goes with a bit of ambition. I don't think this is the same as the team below them, where they they haven't got a good enough squad or they haven't got good enough. Um, they haven't got any ambition. I think that this is 
purely an issue of ownership and the manager that he's got in at the moment simply doesn't know how to do anything above relegation level football. Yeah. No, uh, yeah, no, you, you've said pretty much what I wanted to say about Newcastle, uh, if I'm honest. It, 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 it's a poorly run club from, from top to bottom and I think, as you say, the, the players have more than enough talent to, to stay in this league. Uh, but yeah, when you have three players like we just mentioned, Wilson, Almiron and St Maximin out for a month, it's going to you know, affect form. Uh, and hopefully when they come back, they can sort of have a proper run at the end of the season. Um, and yeah, we'll just briefly look at their run-in as well. Uh, you look at their next few games where they've got Villa. Brighton is a key battle, um, obviously. I think whoever wins that probably has the best chance of, of staying up at the end of the season. And then you've got Spurs, yeah. uh, West Ham, Liverpool, Arsenal, Leicester, City. Tricky games. And then their last two is Sheffield United and New- uh, and um, sorry, not Newcastle, uh, and Fulham. And I think those yeah. are absolutely okay. key battles. The last two games at, at the end of the season, they, they I mean, to... that game against that game against Fulham on the last day could very well potentially be season-defining. Yeah, you know, you look at yeah, that could be a game to define, especially because Brighton have got. I know Brighton have got Arsenal. Mm. Um, you, you look at those three teams; they are all involved in that relegation scrap at the moment. Obviously, Newcastle are point ahead of Brighton at the moment with a game in hand over Fulham um, it's, it's very very close down uh, at the bottom Jamie yeah it's very exciting I've got to be honest it's very very exciting and I'm, I'm, I'm very happy with that we have this kind of race now and that we have this because I've, I've got to be honest as this is probably going to come from someone who's who's been beneficial with the fact that I've never probably I'm never going to have to see my club yeah, you haven't lived it man in you weren't there in the Premier League <laughs> never going to be able to see my club in a in the Premier League relegation scrap, hopefully, yeah. um, because Roman Abramovich usually has managers hung, drawn, and courted if we drop into the bottom half. So, um, uh, luckily, we have. I'm not going to have to deal with that issue. But it's really exciting as a neutral to, to watch things like this play out. Um, I think we've done Newcastle. We'll move on to the team we feel is probably the least likely to, to end up down. Probably the best managed club out of the out of the six, and probably the new owners and, and probably the, the, the least likely to head down. Um, yeah. Sean Dyche is Burnley. We, we, more, more, I think I've more involved them in this conversation before um, for the fact that they're, they're, they're down there. You know, potentially Newcastle, I believe Newcastle could be above them if Newcastle win their game in hand. Yeah. And they could be down the Belgiums of it. But um, overall... I do feel as though out of the six, Brighton are probably the most likely to be able to just grind results. And yeah, stay I, up I, I completely agree. I have complete faith in Burnley to just grind out results at the end of the season because that's what they do. Uh, you know, they, you know, they've scored twenty goals, which is the second least in in the league, and they don't lose games a lot. They don't win games a lot. They just get a lot of draws. Um, and I just, you know, you, you look at the result that they got against Arsenal last weekend and you just have those sorts of players that will scrap till, you know, the the, the, the final whistle. And that's why I think Burnley will stay up. But, you know, if you, we'll, we'll just quickly look at their uh, injuries because I'm not sure whether they're, you know, there's not huge, not huge people 
uh, being out and not for a huge amount of time either. You know, Ashley Barnes is a bit of a miss, but they've got capable replacements in in Chris Wood, who can who can pop up with a few goals. And then you sort of look at their running, and you see Everton, Southampton, Newcastle as their as their next three. You know, you'd expect them to get some points out of that. Um, so. Yeah, that's why I believe, you know they've just got they've got the mentality they've got the it's so ingrained in in their culture to sort of just grind out those results that I think that we won't see Burnley in a proper proper battle come the end of the season. I don't no. know what you think about that. Um, I mean, look, Burnley are a team that have have, have generated a reputation as as the ones that kind of grind results out pretty comfortably. Um, in, in games they they should be winning. Um. Burnley will almost definitely not be involved in in this scrap come the end of the season because players like Sean Dyche, uh, manager like Sean Dyche knows how to knows how to get results and and will will consistently allow bonds to to play their roles and provide for that team. Um, I think they have got the, the ability to stay up, and uh, out of the six, it's like we said, out of the six, they have, they, you know, they've got their own injury issues, and they have been underwhelming this year, all things considered. But overall, I can't see them. I can't see them going down. Being brutally honest. Yeah, perfect. Um, my camera's just turned off, so that's a little bit of a technical issue, uh, and uh, we didn't hear some of what you just said. So I don't know what's going on there, but um, you know, it happens sometimes. Technology isn't yeah. always my best mate um, but yeah that's our sort of overview of the relegation zone uh, let us know what you think in the comments as well and message us on the socials and make sure you sort of give it a like and Sam do you want to take us out well it's been a pleasure as it always is uh, I know we've got a few viewer, viewers who are, <laughs> are involved in this yeah um, in this in this horrible horrible end of the season relegation stuff um, it is starting to hot up. Obviously, certain teams have got ten games left. Other teams have got eleven. Um, well, I think we know. We've obviously got friends of the channel who are a couple of Newcastle fans. We've got a Fulham fan, Sheffield United fan. We have we have got fans and, and friends who are involved in this. And mm. to them, good luck. We hope that your teams end up, you know, staying up. Sheffield United, probably not, but. <laughs> I suppose we can we can we can all be hopeful. We, we can, can dream. All be, we can all be hopeful. There is there is still mathematically it is still possible. So yeah. um it would be the biggest miracle to come out of any footballing season anywhere I ever, agree. probably, if Sheffield United were to were to escape this now. Yeah. Um but no, boys, it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh dro drop a like on the video if you're if you're watching on YouTube, like the video, comment down below if you've agreed, disagreed with anything. We've said subscribe, turn the bell on, all of that wonderful stuff. If you're following on Spotify, follow the page, share it with your friends, turn the volume up, all of that fantastic, fantastic stuff. And uh, yeah, until the next time, guys, it's been an absolute pleasure. See you later. And we'll see you later. Bye.